0: ESPN 690 and Action Sports Shax presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people.
1: Casey Kurtz. Yo! But well, what are we doing, bro? Come on! And Aaron Shocker. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love, really celebrating their relationship.
0: This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Kiki Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio, ESPN 690. Hey, let's get after it. Football at 5 on ESPN 690 on a Monday, a victory Monday for the Jags. We're having fun talking about the Jaguars, have been all day. In fact, Casey Kurtz, what was the reaction this morning, Monday Morning Madness? Good job holding down the house. Uh, 8 to 10 with you and Brian Middleton. And, uh, well, we get to see that fantastic duo again on overtime with Kurtz and Middleton coming up at 6 o'clock until – are you guys going until 7.30 today before the NFL, or do we have earlier games? Give me the lineup.
2: Yeah, you know, I was I was actually thinking that same thing. Uh, The plan was to go to 7.30, but then the (laughs) NFL said, hey, bro, the game starts at 7.15, (laughs) calm down. So I said, hey, Raj, you know, we got a lot of show content we got to get in, and he said bump you. So yeah,
1: uh, we are done at 7. Yeah, we're done at 7. While you were talking to Ross, oh, so you actually—I was going to yeah, say,
0: yeah. you at least get to go to seven, uh, so that's good.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, um, so I didn't
0: know say it would take you like the whole pregame all the way through like six fifteen or something. But so you got some curds in Middleton. You will. in the six o'clock hour. How was the reaction this morning, though, on, the, on Monday Morning Madness? Good.
2: A lot of people saying, "Thank goodness, Brent is not here." Um, uh, just, just a lot of this. <laughs> we're this were is, happy. Today, this today is a really a good day. show. Cool. Uh, this is world class stuff. We need more of this. Uh, So, you know, just a lot of good stuff. I will say, though, this waking up thing, like, before the clock says, like, 11, is brutal. (laughs)
1: Brutal! I've definitely texted you in the morning and totally expect not to see a response until after noon or 1 o'clock. It's true. Yeah. It's brutal, though.
0: Uh, It's brutal, though. (laughs) Hey, uh, Aaron. Yo. The Jets win. They the didn't jets just win? I mean, you know, they didn't I mean, just it, win. took two
1: hours to get to this. They didn't just win. They tried to Jets it up in the best way possible that they could, and then the Browns ended up Brownsing harder than the jet, Jets did. What <laughs> the world? <laughs> and somehow the Jags didn't Jags. Listen, listen. I was with a uh, Browns fan. One of my best friends in the world is a Browns fan. He had his kids out there. With, we were at uh, one of the fine eating establishments in our area, watching the game on TV, all hanging out together. And his daughter was wearing a shirt. It was a Cleveland Brown shirt. And the shirt says, we always almost win. I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's about right. Yeah, not always. <laughs> Well, almost win, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, there's been a lot of blowouts there along the way, too. That's true but, too. Uh, yeah. It's true, too. But it's, uh, you know, listen, I sincerely, we've lived it, right? I do feel good for the Lions fan base today and the Jets fan base today. I like the flip in the NFL. The Raiders have a little bit of that. I've said this before. The Rams have done a little bit of that. These other fans, the Bills, right, have done a lot of that. I mean, yeah. they've really been able to flip. The Bills are the greatest example. The Bills are now the benchmark. Like, you lose for two decades, and now you flip it into this, what looks like a perennial contender, and they're not going anywhere, I don't think. Even their bad isn't going to be that bad, and you hope every year they got a chance to win the Super Bowl. So can the Lions, the Jets, the Jags, the Browns, can they get into that? Ah, well, that's not around the corner, it doesn't look like. But keep in mind now, Buffalo... It didn't happen overnight, but it also didn't take five years for all this to materialize. It took Josh Allen really taking a big step.
1: That's what it's. And then once you know you got the guy, they start dumping money all around the guy. So now he's got good wide receivers and a stalwart defense to keep the other teams off the field. But um, it all started with the quarterback for them, as it does for most teams.
0: Well, speaking of. What? How big was the quarterback's performance yesterday? And Trevor Lawrence was brilliant in terms of the pitch and catch game, the accuracy. He didn't make mistakes. Threw a couple up there that could have been mistakes, but he didn't. And uh, I, I don't think he was like, oh, wow, look at that throw. You know, I went into the week, and I just want to be able to say, hey, this is what I thought he needed to start doing, not necessarily like Sunday, but at some point he's going to have to start doing this, like make the – oh, wow, throw. The oh, wow play. I guess the play that would be kind of oh, wow, that we just don't see in Jacksonville, but I do think, you know, other quarterbacks make. It was first and 20. He rolls to his left, and, and he and he makes a nice decision to throw on the run. I think it was Kirk that got it. Picked up like 26 yards, guys. They erased like first and 20. Boom. Just like that. And he totally knew exactly where he was, where the, uh, some people actually thought in the press box that he might have gone over the line. He wasn't even close. Like, he knew where he was. So I was like, hey, that's a really good play. Like, that guy rolling to his left makes that throw and you just went first and 20 to first and 10 on a 26 yard play but overall he didn't have like all these wild plays he ran the offense and he ran it with efficiency and he mastered it and so their game plan what they wanted to do trevor perfected it yesterday uh to about the best of his abilities or any quarterback's abilities how big of a performance was it aaron for trevor to have that kind of day
1: doesn't it feel like he kind of needed it Like after that first game, you were talking a lot about his confidence in his offensive line, his confidence in his team, the play calling, all these things he has to feel comfortable with. And it certainly looked like that right out of the gate, too. Rasheen mentioned, I think Mojo mentioned it, too. They got him rolling early. The play calling was nice enough for him that he was able to go 7 of 7 when he got out there, and then he went out for another, what is it, 7 out of 10 or something like that. But he had a tremendously accurate day, and it didn't seem like Doug or really anybody in the coaching staff was putting him in a position to really put the team in a bad position.
0: Yeah, they just executed well. I mean, again, pitch and catch sounds easy, especially these little five-yard deals. But if you ask quarterbacks, like hitting guys on the run, slanting across the field, like that's not always the easiest throw. Casey, his ball placement yesterday, look at me, getting really deep into the quarterback <laughs> position in terms of ball placement right now. But, I mean, I can see that stuff. And, I, you know, you learn a little bit about the game as you watch it and talk about it over the years. And I do think that's significant, especially when you have guys that can move a little. Like, if you hit them in stride, that's good for maybe another three to five to maybe even more yards. If you hit it a little bit behind them, well, they have to stop and slow down, and that allows somebody to come make a tackle before the sticks. So I don't think there's insignificance to the accuracy that he showed yesterday, Casey.
2: Yeah, I'm with you, Brian. I love talking ball placement. but. Yeah, I I, I, thought, I thought he he looked he looked really good. And to your point, he was delivering the football in a good place for it to be caught. I'm not going to say ball placement again after that time. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think he looked really good. And to me, the play that stands out the most, and he, he had a lot of good ones, is the fourth down early on the drag to Zay Jones. I said it this morning. I think that was the plan the whole time. And I think he wasn't open at first. Of course, Zay Jones, you know him. He got himself open. And running all the way across the field, Trevor still hit him in stride, perfectly where it needed to be to convert that that play. And that, for me, it happened early in the game, but that was the highlight throw for me, to be honest with you. And it was, what, four yards? I mean...
0: Yeah, yeah, but and that was good. I'll tell you another one though. The Marvin Jones throw, where Marvin makes a nice play coming off his guy, kind of on like almost like a back shouldery type of play mm-hmm. on third and nine early. Yes, like that was yes. a big time throw. That was. You know, that's a big time throw. That's early. That's right after the turnover. So I agree with you, Casey. Some of those early throws to get him in sync, I think, were really important. Guys making plays. Marvin later dropped one. I don't blame Marvin for dropping it. I mean, he got knocked. His head got knocked off. His back almost broken too. And I could. Tell so he probably felt some more heat coming on the, on the other one. Like, it was amazing. Uh, do you know, by the way, I tweeted this first taunting penalty of Marvin Jones' career, as long as I know. How solid. about that?
2: That's, by Isn't the that way. Nuts? Is that not the most scum rule in the NFL? You get absolutely yeah, cheap shotted and you get offsetting for taunting?
1: Yeah, that's silly. It's that terrible. is
2: horrible.
0: Yeah, like, this should be, I mean, listen, There's it, this should be like a court of law, right? I mean, you should be sentenced. Like, and all 15-yard penalties don't get the same sentence. Like, that was ridiculous. He got his head taken off twice, and he gets up and he flexes, Yeah. and it's the same kind of penalty? Like, that is just asinine, really. Especially when you're trying to promote player safety. You know, they do have some rules that override the other one, and so sometimes they won't offset. Like, that should be one. I think. Yeah, Uh, I mean, I I guess you got to be careful, right? Because then you start taunting and it it escalates. Uh, But still, man, that was like he got hit hard in the head there. That was like a legit penalty. And I'm not even sure the taunting was that bad. He got up like he was in Jerry Maguire. Yeah, he got cheap-shotted and got
2: up stronger. He came up the bigger (laughs) man. He said, I'm bigger than you, bro, and I don't even have to cheat. And then he got flagged. The and disrespect. Got flagged. And then he got punished. The
1: disrespect. <laughs> Come on, I, I should have said that to Raj when I was on with him about the show. Well, I'm, I'm sure he way. wouldn't be listening. Do you know he <laughs> thinks some uh, his own stuff? Hey, Brent, let me ask you, because I asked uh, Rasheem what he thought. Um, I'm not sure if I mentioned it to Mojo, but I think Rasheen made a good point. I was talking about Travis Etienne. I asked him if he was worried at all. Oh, it was Maurice. He was talking about how it's still technically his rookie year. Do you think we need to dial down the expectations on Travis for the time being?
0: Yeah, uh, I I guess. Um, but I'm not sure that's, like, a big story here today that we're like, oh, what's wrong with Travis? Oh, that was a waste of a first-round pick. Oh. No, I think not, not to flashes. that degree.
1: Yeah, not that. I'm just saying, like, previous to week one, we're all talking about the different wrinkles yeah. in this gameplay that Doug could be calling on to really cause some mismatches. And I have a feeling Travis Etienne won't be as involved in week three as he's going to be in week 12 for that reason specifically. I don't know if that changes how people feel about the way this team's going to play. Obviously, 24 nothing you want to celebrate that for sure. I'm just looking at these other things going. Is is this is this a Colts thing or is this a Jags thing?
0: Yeah, the, so what you're basically saying is Travis Etienne ready, right, for yeah, like the big role. Because and, the Colts
1: I played th- the run well.
0: Yeah, they did. I mean, even, listen, James Robinson got shut down other than the one run. Pretty much. But he also had a couple of tough runs, like for on third and two, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and, and here's, see, I think this is less about ETN at the moment, but I understand your point. And one thing we never know is maybe they're not comfortable with how well he knows an offense, and I have no idea. That's no inside information. I'm just I'm speculating. speculating yeah. Like maybe he doesn't know it as well as. You know, James has been in the league in an NFL offense and three years in and or, or maybe he's not as comfortable in certain spots. Like I have no, no, no and I, you know what, I doubt that because he played so many snaps in the opener against Washington. But for whatever reason, he's not getting the ball a ton. But when he does get it, I still see some pretty good things with etn he also takes a hit like on every play he really does i mean holy cow he's been lit up a few times but he also is like the the fastest
1: guy in the stadium at all times
0: yeah so you gotta keep getting him the ball like i i really understand the context of what you're saying here but i almost wonder aaron and and maybe casey can jump in too like is this really more about how much confidence they have in james robinson like That he can run and his productivity in the nfl and they really like him and what they've seen and he's off to a nice start so maybe this isn't about etn as much as it is about hey we're giving it to james because he's earned it
1: you know i like actually that point i like how the split was yesterday granted the game was optimal for the jaguars they can kind of choose how they want to do it once you're up 17 nothing but Casey, James Robinson got the ball 23 times yesterday. I don't see him getting it too much more on a regular basis, right?
2: Yeah, let's get to 25. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you feel better Di- over there. Dynamic with the football. I'm just saying, like, we got a couple of guys on pace for some some pretty good stuff. I'm, James is on pace for, what, 17 touchdowns <laughs> or uh, or more What's, than that? Tell me
1: Kirk's
0: pace. I got to hear this. Yeah. Or he's on pace for, like, 26, by the way, James is. And there you now, go. Uh, <laughs> uh, So, Kirk is on pace for 17. <laughs> so, uh, But, Jay, listen, I... James is ready. I mean, he handled the load yesterday. He got hit. You know, that was a pounded kind of game. Yeah. And, I mean, it wasn't going to be this great yards per carry kind of game. And then, boom, breaks one off. I mean, we talked about with Mojo. That's the old Mojo way of doing it, by the way. Like, that was Maurice Jones' rule. He might not look good on 17 of the carries. They might be stuffing him. They know it's going to him. Then, boom, he breaks one. You know, or then he breaks another one. And, uh, I I just think this is more about James right now, and he's given them a lot of confidence, and he gives them a toughness. And I'm not going to try to take away from ETN here, but they're different styles. Much So when you talk about the Jags right now, all right, guys, let me just ask you this question. Look at the Jags offense, and I'm not sure it screams out, we're going to go beat you up, right? Like, that's not the MO. They're going to go dissect you a little bit. They've got a lot of different options. They're going to use scheme and design to get people open. But the one guy on their football team that says, I'm going to go run over you, is probably James Robinson. And so they want to use that element to be able to play physical football.
1: You know what I thought was interesting about yesterday's performance by the team is that if Michael Pittman is in that game, sure, maybe the Colts score. Maybe they score more than once. Maybe they have a better day overall. But even with uh, Shaq Leonard in the game... You're still not shutting down Christian Kirk or Evan Ingram or Marvin Jones or even Travis in the passing or, or Zay Jones. Trevor's still having a Trevor day, even with Shaq Leonard in that game.
0: Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure he's completely 25 or 30. Maybe Shaq Leonard changes a few things here. He's a really good player. They were missing two really good players on their football team. But um, I tend to agree with you, man. That was more of a defensive scheme, and the Jags took what the Gus Bradley gave them, and they stayed with it. And Trevor said it out loud after the game. He's like, listen, guys make mistakes against that because they want to take a shot. And we stayed very patient, and they did. I mean, the, the Ingram stat sheet is wild. It felt like seven y- catches for 100 yards. Yeah. It was seven catches for 46 yards. That's right. Which looks like, what the hell is that? <laughs> it was a huge, huge 46 yards that he gained, like way more magnified than it will show up on a stat sheet.
2: Feels like about 11 fantasy points to me, bro. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Is that what it was? That's, That's
0: not really good. what it was. Yes. Very yes. Good. Um, so I, I, and they, hey, they even got Dan Arnold the ball too. Now, Casey, I had said I thought they needed 100 yards out of their tight ends. They never took the shot. Well, they tried to take the shot a little bit. Uh, one time to Ingram down the field, but nothing kind of in those corners, the seams that I thought they might do. They didn't even risk it. They just said, nope, we're going to keep taking this. Uh, one other thought, by the way. If Trevor, if Agnew catches the ball, is that one of those highlight plays for Trevor? Because he steps up in the pocket, climbs the pocket, Casey, another good term, and then softly launches that thing and shows touch. There's been a lot of people come up with, to me and say, like, Hey, is he ever going to learn the changeup? He's going to have to learn the changeup. I don't really see that that much with Trevor as I see it with some other quarterbacks, but that was a great example of the changeup, the touch. And he put it in a spot for Agnew to catch it. I think it was a tough catch. But obviously, it went through his hands. That might have been one of those highlight plays that we're talking about with Trevor.
2: Yeah, I said it. I said it this morning. Luckily, you won the game the way you did, and that's kind of out of sight, out of mind. Like you do, we don't, we didn't go back. We haven't brought up until right now. Yeah, you need to have the there. same
1: situation that you had last week, where ETN Ex- dropped a touchdown.
2: Exactly. But to your point, Brent, incredible throw, world class yeah. throw. I think, uh, yeah, world class throw. It's, it's it's a highlight because it's. He couldn't it, have made the
1: throw better. It literally went between his arms. Yeah. Like, I mean, he yeah, it dropped
2: it in the bucket from
1: 50 yards out or whatever it was. But Agnew was horizontal, so I, I get it's a tough catch. But I mean, where else do you put that ball if you're Trevor? It was a beautiful throw. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, guys, one other thing here. This is what I said to a lot of people today when talking about that, and Agnew could have had it. And, and and if he does catch it, just, you know, to add on, you're talking now about a 280-yard day, three-touchdown day, no picks. I mean, now, whoa, right? It looks really good with nice that day. one catch. But Agnew, we have to remember, Bill, he's like a star last year. He's not a, like a receiver. He's a special teams guy. And so we probably have way too much expectation on Jamal Agnew. And I do think there was a degree of difficulty involved in that catch. That being said, he's still going to make the play. Like all that, hes you've got to make the play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They have to make some of those plays, and to your point, if it was in a, a critical situation. Uh, I love some of these numbers, guys. Uh, Christian Kirk, I think uh, Aaron started to bring some of them up. Pro Football Focus has 12 catches, 10th in the league, 195 yards, 4th in the league, 2 touchdowns, 6th in the league, 80-yard receiving grade, 80.0 receiving grade, 7th in the league, 2.79 yards per route run. I don't know what the hell that means. 7th in the league, 85 yak, 7th in the league. I mean, his numbers stick out, and I like when those numbers stick out in favor of the Jags early in the season because I think the optics and the karma and the talk all go to that. Speak it up. Trevor Lawrence, 96.4 QB rating, guys. 96.4 through two games. Three-to-one touchdown-interception ratio and a 68% completion ratio now. That offset game one and made the numbers look like, hey, that's the kind of quarterback they drafted. And at the end of the day, that's what people look at. So I I really – these numbers – Josh Allen has numbers that look really good through two games. The whole team does. I mean, they're plus five in turnover differential, which I think leads the NFL right now.
1: They're three off of last year's total.
0: (laughs) I I just, again, what are we doing here? Are we getting carried away with one win? I think
1: it's impossible when your franchise has won four in the last two years to get carried away with any win on any given day. We should be celebrating as we are. And by the way, it's not just the Trevor Lawrence love and that passing attack. Here are some numbers we should all love to see as well. Christian Kirk targeted six times, six receptions. Evan Ingram targeted eight times, seven receptions. Travis Etienne targeted three times, three receptions. Zay Jones targeted four times, three receptions. I mean, the guys are there for Trevor when he needs
2: them. Hey, speaking of getting carried away... I said two things this morning that were a bit reckless about Christian Kirk. I'll get Wait, both of your takes on. Time. So
1: this is an official, official <laughs> backpedal?
2: Do we need to I some it. Re- I, I reckless
0: can't. It's different than carried away now. This I is
2: Casey's
1: 520 reckless moment of the day. Go ahead. I
2: please. can't tell you how strongly I feel about this, and I'm, I'm expecting pushback. All right. But so Brian Milton didn't give it to me because it's overreaction Monday. <laughs> you got Jimmy Smith. Yeah. You got Keenan. You got Christian Kirk. As of now, or is this a prediction? Uh, when it's all said and done in Jags history.
1: Okay, I don't think you're going too far out on a limb. Like, you, as long as the man stays with us for a little bit, sure. Yeah.
0: Do you want me to put that out in the Twitterverse and see how the reaction is?
1: <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. You're going to have the Mike Sims Walker stands come for yeah, you. Yeah, co sign it. But, like, I, I
2: started I started the statement this morning with. The best wide receiver since, and then I came to Allen Robinson, and then Brian was like, nah, bump that. And I was like, you're right. And then I got to Jimmy Smith, and I was like, we can't do that. You know, we can't, go, <laughs> Not yet. We can't do that. But, uh, yeah, I, I've already put him up there. And the second thing, this one isn't really reckless. That one was the one I expected pushback, but I'm glad right. everybody co-signed. Cool. Uh, the man's
1: underpaid. Huh. Underpaid. Two games in, I wouldn't sign off on that. But you keep up these numbers, and, yeah, you may want to rework that deal. Underpaid. Might be getting a thirty million dollar deal for Christian Kirk at some point. Well, here's the deal.
0: Isn't he like uh, somebody said, top twenty receiver paid in the NFL? Does that sound about right? Yes. But he's not like. But he's not like top ten. He's not top twelve. I think somebody said he's eighteenth. Yeah. Uh, Something like that. Well, right now he's top twenty receiver in the NFL. So and he's outperforming. He's really a top ten receiver in the NFL. Again, these are two games. It's a small sample. I will. I will go with Mojo on this. We need to see more. But a lot of times what happens with numbers and stats, we've been around this stuff long enough, the trend gets set early. And even if you're a little lopsided early on, it makes up for some other things later on. And we still think that's who you are. And so it, numbers can skew your perception a little bit, even if it's maybe not all reality. Uh, it certainly is off to a nice start in a lot of facets for a guy like Kirk. So I'm going to put that out there, Casey, though. Jimmy Keenan, Christian Kirk at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. For the Jacksonville Jaguars. I may and have you're talking and by the way, you're talking like, you know, in three, four years down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, not talking two, I'm not
2: talking two games in, but I, I feel that way two games in. I also may have said <laughs> um you know, you got Tony Baselli, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then you got Fred, he'll get in, and then Jimmy Smith maybe, and then Christian Kirk. I may have said that as well. <laughs> so um, I kind of lost my mind a
1: little yeah, bit. A little bit. You were excited. <laughs> but I felt struggling Monday. about it, and all the people in the chat were like, yeah.
2: And I was like, yeah. And Brian was like,
0: yeah. And I was like, yeah.
1: It's mob mentality. It kind of takes over for a little bit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to see if the whole Twitter universe is saying, yeah. <laughs> well, that's how the show all went right. this morning, by the way. Good morning. It was really I like Christian it though. Yeah. Listen, you got me thinking. You got me thinking a little bit. And I did say this the other day now, coming off All Access, and I meant this and by the way, the all-access bump is real right now. Trayvon Walker before the opener. Boom. Look at Christian what you're Kirk doing for this team. This Boom. <laughs> and so who knows who we'll get this week, but yeah. it's been good. And uh, I said that when I left that show, and I meant this more from like when people get to know him in town, in the community, when they see him, they're going to like him in almost a Calais kind of way. And then he can play, and it looks like he's really good. And I... I said, I tweeted, I was like, if in two years Christian Kirk isn't your favorite, one of your favorite Jags players, I'd be really surprised. And I meant that on the field, but I also meant that off the field. I think this guy is, like, just all world, like, teammate guy, locker room dude, like, Calais-esque. And we've had a lot of those guys in the past around here. But I think Kirk fits that bill. Uh, We'll be back, uh, Brent and friends, on ESPN 690. Don't forget we got overtime with Kurtz and Middleton coming up at 6 o'clock. And then we hand off to the NFL game. They've got a double header tonight. And I think we're going to bounce back and forth, Casey told me, on ESPN 690 throughout the night on some Monday night football. Keep an eye on Tennessee losing. So the Jags have first place all by themselves in the AFC South. Crazy. And at seven o'clock tonight, sneakers in Jack's Beach. Andre Sisko joins us for Jazz Report Live. You can catch that on Fox 30. We'll be right back from the golf club at Southampton and the Dream 18 in the books for 2022.
1: Frank Wright is on a hot seat. He should be on a hot seat. I like him as a person, but the results speak for themselves. I sent this tweet out the other day. I said, remember that time the Colts were a quarterback away from contending for a Super Bowl? You thought you'd fix it, went from Rivers to Wentz, and now you're here with Ryan. I thought Ryan maybe was the answer, but now you're telling me the first two games of the season, you tie to the Texans, and then you get blitzed by the Jags? You get blitzed by the Jags, and your quarterback, 195 yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. Yeah, the seat's hot.
0: Hey, you settle down, Jay Williams. (laughs) What do you mean the Jags? A lot of people are going to learn that. Oh, disrespect
1: for Frank Reich.
0: Yeah. Frank, I do agree with this now. Frank Reich could be in some trouble. I believe, I'm a believer, and I asked Rasheen Mathis this. I think the Jags just sent Indianapolis to the tank.
1: You think they're throwing it all away?
0: I think they're. I mean, I, I. just. I don't think they're rebounding this season. Like, I don't. There are zero two teams, and especially in the AFC South. I'm. Not, I'm not trying to tell you the Jags are going to win the AFC South, and, and they're going to be the ten game winner in the league. Yeah. I'm just telling you that the Indianapolis Colts are not that good. Because yeah, the expectations not, were they were going to win
1: the South and go into the playoffs on a white horse and all that stuff.
0: No, they, I mean they have gone from favorites to win the division to, shoot, man, I'm not sure they win six times. Like I I don't know is that too strong I mean you guys think I mean they they're beat up a little bit. I'll give you that. Yeah, but I'm, hey, not, I'm not there are beat yet. up. That's unlucky, you know? I mean, you're unlucky, you're unlucky sure. and 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 they do, they obviously can't overcome some of those things.
1: I'm just I'm not there yet. I'm, you want to tell me Matt Ryan is too old to play football? I wasn't there 3 weeks ago. I'm kind of getting there now. I'm there. You want to tell me that the Colts are a 6-win team? I'm ju- I'm just not there yet. They got the best running back in football. They do have a good offensive line despite not showing up for the Jaguars game. They do have a good defense despite not showing up for that Jaguars game. There are guys on that team that, that team's got to be bigger than a six. If that team can't win six games, then, yeah, the the seat should be rightfully blazing hot for Frank Wright. He should be out of there before the end of the season. I'm there.
0: Got, That's yeah, a bad football play, team. Yeah, it's not that good, right? I mean, they're overrated. Like, the whole thing's overrated. Their offensive line's overrated. Uh, their defense has good players, but it's not going to be, like, electric. Like, teams are going to do that to them. And and sometimes they've got good enough players. They don't have unbelievable players. Their defense is built better than theirs. They really don't have a ton on the outside. We talked about that before we even knew Pittman was out. And so Jonathan Taylor's really good. But is he going to go for a buck fifty every game? No, he's just not because people are going to stack it up against him. They'll look good at times. I mean, again, they're not incapable.
1: Kay, before this game, you are talking about Naheem Hines being dangerous. And now suddenly, just, Jonathan Taylor just okay. I mean, this team will put it together at some point. The question is, will there be enough of the point afterwards for it to mean anything? That's a good question. I don't know that it does. Why d-
0: didn't they use Hines?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, they really didn't.
2: And that was weird because after the first play,
1: I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah.
2: they are going to use him on every... It's going to be a Debo Samuel situation from Naheem Hines,
1: but... That wasn't it. I mean, they threw them a couple of think- times, but they really—you're right—they didn't use them yeah. as a pivotal
0: part. He was absent, I and mean, listen—you can't. You want to talk about garbage time? Then don't count the fourth quarter because everything was garbage in the fourth quarter. The game was over yeah. at the start of the fourth quarter, and so, uh, like, I don't understand the game plan. They all tried to outsmart themselves, and this shows me that the Jags are in their head because they came out and they only gave it to Jonathan Taylor twice on the first drive, in seven plays. So, they didn't okay. try to establish anything, Casey. They just said, "Hey." Uh, we're going to watch this. We're going to do this, and this will open up the run because we know you're trying to stack the box against. Well, you don't even know if the Jags can stop the run. They haven't stopped the run in two years. Why wouldn't you test that out? And you have nobody on the outside, by the way. Like, I mean, you don't really have guys to throw to. Uh, the slowest play in the NFL in the last two years was a throw over the middle from Matt Ryan to Mo Alley Cox. <laughs> like, yeah. that thing looked like it was in slow motion before he even hit the remote control.
2: Yeah, I there there was a lot of slow motion out there. Yeah, I don't I don't understand the not running the football part of it. Like they they stopped him sure, but like that's all they got. Like that's all they got. I I can't believe Matt Ryan is that bad. Like I am blown away by two straight weeks. He's just not good. Like not at all. I I it, the Colts are bad. Like the Colts are horrible. I don't know. I don't know still how you tie Houston. And on the surface, we know what Jacksonville, well, we think we know. But I don't know how on the surface you have Jim Ursay who is so furious about losing to Jacksonville. You tie Houston and lose to Jacksonville, and your coach still has a job. Pull a Jerry Jones and do what's right and fire the coach. Because then
1: we can take a full circle and say, look what the Jags caused. Now, look, I know that Ryan threw 50 times in week one against Houston, but... He connected on 32. Of a, he threw for 352 yards that game, and he did throw a touchdown as well as an interception. He wasn't atrocious in that first game. They but just,
2: he, he was until they started running the ball. Like, look at what happened in that first half. He was garbage. They ran the ball. They got something going, and then they were dumping it to him out of the backfield. They threw for a lot of yards. They stacked right. up.
1: In his first half of play on his new team with his new playbook and his new players, he did not play well. You're right. That man's bad.
2: Like, I stuck up for him all offseason, right. and, like, I hate to tell Brent that he's right, yeah. but if that's what he looks like— and That's it's rough. not gonna get much easier, by That's the way. Rough.
1: Because you usually see running backs fall off that cliff. You don't necessarily see it so much with a quarterback. You see maybe you go, Oh, this guy maybe isn't what we thought he is. You don't really see oh he was good and oh this guy's trash. It he doesn't... looks Chewbacca slow out there. <laughs> it's rough. It's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, and and guys, on top of that, like to your point about Ursay and, and Reichen, and this why he's on the hot seat, it has it's it's just as much to do with these two games, Casey, as the last two games of last year. Is was that all on Carson Wentz now? Or was that on Frank Reich, too? now it's it's starting to look
1: a little different now, isn't it?
0: it, Because he got out-coached big time yesterday. And listen, Peterson's kind of, I mean, it's almost like Reich's the mentor a little bit, so maybe he's got an upper hand, but I'm not sure he's supposed to have that kind of upper hand. I mean, they just did everything right, and Reich could not do anything right. And, hey, here's why I want you to get on the train, all right, Aaron? about the Colts Mm -hmm. because they got the Chiefs coming to town next week and then they have the Titans coming to town and I don't know what the Titans are honestly but it's still going to be like a divisional game that they could lose then they go to the Broncos and the Broncos have played like crap but you got to believe the Broncos are going to be better than they, they have been. And at the very least, it's in Mile High on a Thursday, where I always give the credit to the, to the home team on a Thursday night uh, in the middle of the season. Then the Jags go back. I mean, I have sincere questions. Like, the Jags might just have a blueprint to beat Indianapolis the way they whooped them the other day or yesterday. And so I don't think they're going to beat them 24 nothing. But I kind of feel like right now, unless these teams really change over the next month, I think they're going to beat them again.
1: It's just funny to me you, you mentioned the Broncos. I was uh, joking with Casey in the break about the Broncos because uh, we were watching videos, or I was watching a video earlier today, of the fans counting down on the clock so Russell Wilson didn't forget where he was at in the clock. I saw that, too, yeah. <laughs> but They, did, have, that,
0: they did that a lot, right?
1: Yeah, but uh, I... I I have a feeling that Russell Wilson's kind of going through the same thing that Matt Ryan's going through right now. It's just like they're getting all their pieces together. They're getting used to what it is, and they got to settle in a little bit to the point that was made a little earlier today by one Mojo D. You really don't know until after week four. Yeah, for the Colts, it may be 0-4 after week four. Well, real quick
0: then, guys, and uh, you guys are going to finish up the show after we take a break. i got to run over to Jags Report Live at Sneakers, and uh, I don't call it smell-o-vision, but... You might want me to shower. You could smell me through the TV, so uh, I'm going to do that, too, uh, on the nice. way, just to get a little personal here. But, uh, You're going to shower on the way? Uh, well, nice. on before I go over Degree to the Degree of Jags difficulty, 10. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got an RV, guys. Like, listen, oh, I just jump in the back, uh, nice. guys. <laughs> um, but uh, we have Andre Cisco on the show. Uh, Jags Report Live tonight, 7 o'clock, on Fox 30. How about the Raiders? The Raiders are now 0-2. Yeah. You know, and, and that is, like, I thought the Patriots would be a big story coming out of this thing this week, 0-2, but I think it's the Raiders. They spent all that money. Guys, Devontae Adams, two catches, 12 yards. Yeah, that's a rough Two day. catches, 12 yards? That's rough what day. you turned all that stuff into? I mean, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, they definitely singled out Devontae Adams, tried to shut him down yesterday, but they still almost won the game.
0: Well, I know. They were up 20 and should have. Um, and then they blew it. Like, yeah. that's even worse, though.
1: Well, that's a McDaniels thing. I just... I hope he gets what's coming to him as a coach, man. McDaniels, I, I hate him from all those years in New England. It's nice to see him fail every once in a while.
0: <laughs> Good. Okay, but so my point is, like you just said, and Mojo said it earlier, you don't know who people are until through four yeah, weeks. Yeah, week four. Well, I can tell you this, Aaron, and you know this as a Jets fan, right? I can tell you who the Jags are by before week four <laughs> a lot of years. <laughs> all right? Yeah. Like, and I, I understand, it does... With the Jags, it's, uh, that context is true. I don't know exactly who they are. I do think they're talented. I think they're well-coached. I think they're going to battle people. I don't know exactly who they are. That's fair enough. But I'm starting to wonder, do we know? Like, I think I know who the Colts are. I think the Colts aren't very good. Like, the Colts are going to be disappointing. I don't think the Raiders are bad. But I got a feeling now in that division and in the AFC where it's loaded, they're going to be
1: disappointing. Oh, I think so, the Broncos are going to be worse than the Raiders in that division.
0: Maybe, maybe uh, that's possible. Maybe both aren't that good.
1: I feel even even not even looking at rosters, just coaching staffs, it seems like Nathaniel Hackett might be out of his depth currently. Maybe maybe he settles in and, and, and the team turns things around. But it seems like if you're looking at all four of those teams, their rosters, their coaching staffs, to me – it seems like the Broncos are the odd man out. Even though the Raiders are 0-2, Broncos are 1-1. Broncos have had an easier start to the year.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, so, anyway, I, again, we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. And I do think there are ebbs and flows to the season. There's going to be a team that starts bad, and then they win five in a row, and those things happen. 0-2 is a big hole now, and look out in Cincinnati. One more thought before I go. Casey, you concerned about Joe Burrow
1: at all? No. Nope. What about his offensive line, Casey? Them boys are trash. <laughs> You're concerned about them,
2: huh? Yeah, I mean, no, I, I think he'll be all right. But, yeah, the offensive line is somehow worse, even though they got new players. Um, you know, it's, it's sus right now in Cincinnati. I will give you that, Brent, but I think he will be okay eventually if they can keep him, like, physically alive.
0: Upright, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you, that was a heck of a win for Dallas now. You see Cooper Rush.
2: Yeah, they're better with Cooper Rush. <laughs> yeah,
1: I told you guys about Cooper Rush. Uh, so, you know, you mentioned Joe uh, Burrow, uh, Brent. I saw a stat uh, while I was talking to Casey in the break. He's got, like, Joey Harrington, David Carr numbers now when it comes to how many times he's been sacked in his first two years. It's, it's up there. You know
0: what's crazy about it, all right? Um, you know, we just talked about Indianapolis, and, and over the years they've tried to find the quarterback. If you look at what the Bengals have done, they've tried to fix it, guys. (laughs) They have invested in in the offensive line. They've invested draft picks and now free agents this offseason.
1: They just stink at it. They stink at investing. Horrible. No, they stink at scouting the offensive line. Like Casey stinks at Trey Lance cards now. (laughs) Yes.
0: I mean, they really have tried and swung and missed and swung and missed and swung and missed. It's not as big a deal as like Indianapolis where it's like, Rivers, no. Wentz, no. Ryan doesn't look like the part. But, I mean, Cincinnati, go look it up. Like, they have tried to fix the offensive line. And it still looks awful. It's pretty incredible. Incredible.
2: Wait, don't go. I just saw the most incredible thing on ESPN. They they are live at Buffalo for the uh, the pregame show, whatever. There's like a tailgate, you know, the Buffalo fans. Bill's Mafia, yeah. Okay, so there were some people standing (laughs) on an RV. One of them dressed as Elvis with a guitar. Makes sense. There was a lady on the RV, (laughs) and the guitar was going to be used to smack the lady in a certain area and when I tell you ESPN cut off of this thing so fast <laughs> like the, guard t- the guitar was swinging they're like no nope. go. and they cut up close to Orlowski he's like what is happening yeah that was an incredible
1: moment that I just witnessed gotta love Bill's bopio yeah, man. man by
0: the way uh, quick note if you have Gabe Davis in fantasy football he's inactive tonight against the Titans and Bill's don't blow this we need some help against neither, the Titans neither, neither alright come on do your part all right, I'm getting out of here. Thanks to everybody who helped out with the Dream 18 from the golf club at Southampton. And I uh, had a fantastic day. Jags Report Live, 7 o'clock. I'm heading to Sneakers in Jack's Beach, and we'll have the Action Sports Jacks team. And Andre Cisco will join us, so come on out, meet us out at Sneakers in Jack's Beach. Casey and Aaron, got you the rest of the way, guys. Uh, we'll see you at the Bowley's House of Cards tomorrow afternoon. Thanks for all the help today, uh, especially in the early part of the show. <laughs> Appreciate it. Brick Friends back at ESPN 690 right after this.
2: Brent and friends. The friends are here. Friends are, are here. Check. Brent, not well, just, so much. Just for definition. I don't know if we're <laughs> friends. But anyway, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, Brent and friends uh, for a couple minutes. And then overtime with Kurtz and Middleton. Unconfirmed if those guys are even friends. But you I know actually,
1: it's, it's a good show. Listeners heard a nice little preview of uh, with your overreaction Monday recap.
2: Yeah, we got a lot of overreaction to come still. Uh, on the program later today up until 7 o'clock. It's a good program. You should uh, check it out. All right, Aaron. I saw comments this morning. I've seen comments during the show. Yep. The people, Sawyer and YB specifically, (laughs) need you to address the absolute and utter shredding that Tua Tagovailoa did to the Baltimore Ravens in a six-touchdown performance after you called them trash.
1: Well, before uh, I address Tua because I will address this. Let's address the fact that the Dolphins were getting whooped by those Ravens. <laughs> they were getting that. For most of the game. So I don't want to hear any nonsense about Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins first in the AFC East, blah, blah, blah. They're not winning the division. McDaniel's not a good coach yet. Come that team on. ain't there. Ain't there. Unbelievable. That being said, unbelievable. you no. may have the best trio of targets in the entire league on that team Tariq Hill Jalen Waddle, and your boy Gusecki out here just getting open on every play and Tua under throwing Tariq down downfield down I was telling you Casey I'll tell the guys in the chat listen man I spent at least 30 minutes this morning watching on YouTube every single throw Tua made in that game complete and incomplete mm-hmm. this guy is not winning them anything if anything he's holding them back he's hitting every throw over the middle He's hitting every throw from 0 to 10 yards. Now, if he hits Jalen Waddell, chances are that throw's going for a bit longer because Jalen Waddell is that guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is breaking tackles left and right, juking people, running down into the end zone. This man was unstoppable yesterday. He really was. And the tree kill, cramping the whole game. The man gets over the leg cramp, gets over the stomach cramp, comes back in to run a 50-yard route, has to come back 40 yards for the Tua pass and then run it back down, comes out with another cramp. I mean, the man is doing it all for Tua right now. You're unbelievable. I'm just saying, Tua is going to disappoint those fans and that franchise. I feel you, because I've been down that road with disappointment before. I understand how it works. But if you put these these eggs of hope into this Tua basket, it's going to be a letdown for you. Just saying. It's going to be a letdown.
2: That's all I got to say on Tua. Unbelievable. You know, it's funny. Last time I checked, they don't keep track or give fantasy points for underthrown balls that were eventually caught.
1: You're right. You're right. He they got, do for the touchdowns. He gets six of them. Look, Tua gets credit for the completion. Tariq gets credit for the catch and the run. But that is not as – no one's talking fantasy here. You guys are talking uh, in the chat some craziness about the Dolphins being the best in the East. Like they're going to beat the Bills in the record. They're going to have more wins than the Bills. I don't know. What right. are you guys doing? One
2: team's 2-0. That's all I know. And it's the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Hey, uh, real quick before we go, the Jets to beat the the Browns. What about them? You told me about Garrett Wilson. I made a oh, – maybe not an overreaction Monday about Christian Kirk. Mm-hmm. You have an overreaction Monday about Garrett Wilson.
1: I don't think it's an overreaction. Anyone who's followed the Jets – I know Glenn Appleman, a few other guys in the uh, chat sometimes take a peek at the Jets. Garrett Wilson maybe within the next two or three years may become the best receiver in the history – of that franchise, not saying a lot, even though Don Maynard is the best wide receiver on the Jets, Hall of Famer. But like, even guys you would think to be up there, like an Al Toon or a Keyshawn Johnson, didn't do too much damage on that list. So it's very similar to when you look at the Jaguars' case. We were talking about it earlier. Your boy Christian Kirk with an amazing start to the season, but once you get past the two legends, Jimmy Smith, Keenan McCardle, that list gets pretty shallow when it comes to big pass catchers in Jaguars' history.
2: Christian Kirk absolutely has an opportunity to climb the list, and he will. The rest of the season, because as we've documented, Christian Kirk is always open. I'll do it on a Monday for Brent and friends. For me. For Aaron Schechter. <laughs> Not for you. Oh, I got another hour to go. That means the people got
1: another hour. Come on.
2: The people have another hour. OT with Kurtz and Middleton. Coming up next, Aaron Shachter. Have a good night. See you, bye.
0: Tax day is coming. Oh, no.